It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Tresenkos. And I'm Stacy Barquison. Today we're talking to you about personhood and the fetus. Uh, we're going to start, um, as we're doing now with all our episodes, with the scripture for today and a reflection on that. And then in the second part of the podcast, want to talk about some discussions going on after Roe versus Wade with fetal personhood. So Stacy and I are here today back with you again, and we're so excited to see you and getting ready. We have a retreat coming up um, that we want to tell you about real quick. Yes, yes, we're so excited. It is October the 15th, and it's at Hideaway Bay, which is really Lindale, that area, about 30 minutes, did you say north of Tyler? Yep. Yeah. We live in Hideaway Lake area and we're having the retreat at the lodge in Hideaway. And so if you want more information, like there's a, there's directions and a map and you do have to get to Hideaway and go through the gate and then wiggle around on the roads until you get to the lodge. <laughs> and it's beautiful though. It's tucked away. Oh, it is over. So it's beautiful. Yeah. We were there yesterday. Mm -hmm. um, looks over the, the lake. Um, so go to our website. So this is the address for the website. It's stacyandstacy.site. That's just our website, plain old website. You can go there for anything. Stacy and Stacy, no E, S-T-A-C-Y yeah. <laughs> and Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y. So we're unique like that. <laughs> and, then, and then dot site, S-I-T-E, stacyandstacy.site. And then backslash well to find the retreat. But if you just go to stacyandstacy.site, you'll see a link right on the front page to information about the retreat. Um, and you can register there and join us. Uh, it's going to be a full day of being women at the well because we're taking it after that scripture verse where the women, where that woman comes to the well and encounters Christ and she kind of sees herself as she is. And she sees herself as Christ sees her and she realizes that she's loved and that he knows her. And mm -hmm. at the end, she runs away to tell everyone the good news. So we want to have that experience with our group of women. Yes, we want to have an encounter with Jesus. And and then we are going to wrap everything up that afternoon with a tea Yay! party. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. It, yes, it's going to be fun. It's going to be uh, we're going to be encouraged and inspired and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you're interested, if you live in the area and you're interested in coming, check us out. Stacy and Stacy, no E dot site <laughs> backslash. Well, well, and come to the women at the well retreat um, and join us for a tea party at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Okay. Scripture time for our scripture lesson from Stacy. Yes, yes. <laughs> Let's say a quick little prayer and we'll get started. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Father God, we thank you so much for this day and that your mercies are new every morning. And again, this morning, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding so we can comprehend the scriptures. Give us fresh eyes to see and ears to hear what you want to say to us today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so today's reading, um, and I'm just going to read the, the reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, because when we're doing this, I'm just going to talk about what jumps out at me. So this is what it says. It says, brothers and sisters, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. Now the body is not a single part, but many. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. Some people God has designated in the church to be first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then mighty deeds, then gifts of healing, assistance, administration, and varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work mighty deeds? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts. Okay, so that is the reading. Now we're going to unpack it a little bit. <laughs> but first, and, and yesterday, and I said I would do this every day, I was going to encourage you to go back and read the readings for yourself and see what God would say to you. So again, when I discuss it, I'm just going to talk about what jumps out at me, what the Holy Spirit highlights to me when I read it. And I want that for you too, because he might highlight something different for you. So go back, read the, script, the scriptures, the daily readings for yourself, and then ask the Holy Spirit what he would like to say to you. Okay, this is the part that really, if I'm going to pinpoint exactly what spoke to me. As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body. So I'm Stacy, but in order for me to be Stacy, I have to have a lot of parts working together in unity. You know, I have nose, eyes, ears, <laughs> arms, heart, kidneys, liver, everything. It makes up my body in order for my body to work the way it was designed. And the word says, so also Christ. Yeah. It goes on to say, now the body is not a single part, but many. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. And that so spoke to me. And it's like to sum that all up, one body, many parts. I mean, we refer to we refer to it as the body of Christ, but it's really the many moving people within the body of Christ that makes the body of Christ. And I just want to say you are so needed in the body of Christ. So two things. First, just like your body has many different working parts together. You're, you have all these working parts that work together. When one part isn't working or when one part is missing, the rest of the body is affected. And two, if one part of your body is trying to do something it wasn't created to do, <laughs> your body's definitely going to be affected. I mean, okay, just think about this. What if the nose woke up one day and decided it <laughs> wanted to be the foot? Because it was jealous and wanted to be the part of the body that could take the body places. 
Well, the body wouldn't work like it's supposed to because the nose isn't created to do that job. It's not built to carry the weight of the body. It's not designed to balance the body. It would actually do more damage than good. So I know that's kind of a strange visual. I think my body does that to me sometimes, especially now that I'm over 50. <laughs> something tries to do something. It's confused. To do. <laughs> like, yeah. no, that's not I your may, job. I may need to talk to some parts of my body as well. <laughs> and I know, I know that's kind of a strange visual, but I hope you did get the visual because if we are trying to do a job that we're not created to do, it's like we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole. We're not going to be effective. I mean, God has a plan and a purpose for each one of us, and he designed us to fulfill that plan and that purpose that he has for us. And when we're all doing our part, when we're all joined to each other and united in Christ, we build and strengthen the body of Christ. It's like together we create um, synergy. The whole is greater than the sum of the parts. We are better together than we are on our own. We are better together as a whole in the body of Christ as part of God, as part of Christ's body rather than on our own. The thing is, is that when we're not connected to Jesus, but we're out trying to do what we want, things our way, we're trying to fulfill our plans and purposes for our life. When we are driving the car and not letting Jesus take the wheel, we're actually limiting ourselves. We're limiting our effectiveness. John 15, 5, um, it says that I am the vine and you are the branches. And those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So those who are connected bear much fruit. Those who are one with Jesus bear much fruit. And one last thing. We have to guard ourselves from comparisons, jealousies, and envy, just like that nose got jealous and wanted to do something it wasn't created to do. We have to be careful not to try to keep up with the Joneses. You know, so many times I think we look around, I have before, and I've looked at what the Joneses were doing for God and how they were being promoted or how successful they were. And, you know, sometimes we might start desiring to be used in the same way. And if we aren't careful, their accomplishments, their possessions, their successes, their fruit can seduce us. Mm -hmm. Now, on the flip side, we might be looking around at the Joneses and we compare our workload and our responsibilities. And we're like, why aren't they working as hard as I am? Why aren't they doing <laughs> as much as I am? And we begin to desire less. And if we're not careful, their lack of fruit can seduce us. Mm -hmm. So. Basically, what I'm saying is stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stay in your lane, um, nose. <laughs> that is nose. Pray and read the scripture so that we can talk to him and hear him mm -hmm. and simply do our part. God has a plan and purpose for each of us. He wants us to be connected to him. He wants us to be one with him. He wants us to be a thriving, vital part of his body. And you may ask, okay, so how do I do that? Well, we just do our part. And then, you know, you may say, well, how do I know what my part is? Mm -hmm. That's why we read the scriptures. That's why just like St. Ambrose and, and St. Augustine says, when we read the Holy Scriptures, he speaks to us. So again, how do you do that? How do you do your part? You just do like Mother Mary told us. Whatever he tells you to do, do it and read and pray the scriptures so you can communicate with Jesus. Yeah. 
I just love the way you put all that together because I'm just thinking as you're talking, like I, I am always like, I don't know, like I was, I was one of those little girls who just wanted to make straight A's, wanted to run up and show my mom the picture I drew. And like, the, you know, I wanted that approval. I wanted that validation. And mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I'm like that with God. Like, do you see all the stuff I'm doing? God, do you see all the stuff I'm doing? And, and, you know, as a grown woman, I have to stop myself and say, Stacy, are you doing this for God? Or are you doing this for yourself? Mm -hmm. like, are, are you trying to take over and be the whole body because you've, you've you're that insecure that you need to you need mm -hmm. to know that you're doing the most <laughs> the mm -hmm. mostest and um it's it's something to check i mean these are powerful scriptures of course they're all powerful yeah, that, but that's such a good uh inner you know inner uh, uh, not reflection but it, it, it's a it's a good thing to ask ourselves you mm -hmm. know i had someone tell me one time there is a good part and there is a God part. And sometimes <laughs> the good part is still good. And so it feels like it would be a God part. But is God really asking you to do it? To because do that. Only if God is asking you to do it, if he's in it, then it becomes a God part, you know. And um, I, I mean, just for example, I wanted to go back to school for many, many years, but I just kept feeling like it wasn't what the Lord wanted me to do. And um, it wasn't until I spoke with my my priest not too long ago. And he's the ones that suggested that I do that. I go back to school and, and study the, the Bible. And that's great. I was like, okay, I'm listening to my father here. <laughs> and so I'm saying that this is now a God part. It's not just a good part anymore. This is what he's wanting me to do. So, yeah. And you're taking a program that's, that's exactly like, it's not just a summer course. It's like a full blown program into scripture studies. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so neat. <laughs> it's good. I know it's fun. So we encourage you, um, don't be afraid to go back to school and learn things at any point in your life. It's really, absolutely. I absolutely. love it. I was, I was on a, a call, a zoom call with my new philosophy class last night and we were talking about all this stuff and somebody asked me what about a met about metaphysics. I'm like, I, I honestly don't know what metaphysics means. <laughs> this is my first <laughs> class in philosophy ever. And um, I'm, I hope I learned that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will. You will. You're so smart. And I, I love that you're always wanting to learn. And we're, you know, we're going to do that at the retreat. We're going to go through the strength finder um, personality test or what is that? Like a survey. Mm -hmm. um, we highly recommend it, even if you can't come to the, to the retreat, um, Stacy and I learned that we're both learners. Yeah. And so we're very different. I mean, we're very much alike. Like people tell us we could be sisters. People tell uh -huh. us they hear the podcast and they can't even tell which one of us is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> we sound alike. Uh -huh. but, um, but we hadn't seen each other for 40 years. But um, but we're also very different, which, you know, I think that's neat that we're doing it a little different in the podcast now. We're we're playing to our own strengths and um yep exploring Absolutely. that and so but we're both learners we're just yeah. not learning the same thing yeah so, <laughs> that's right <laughs> it's fun though it's fun it makes me feel young again to be in school again so <laughs> don't you find that excitement okay Thank you for reading that. I was I couldn't help but think about our retreat when you were reading about Christ's body because that's that's exactly one of the things we want to talk about is what is your role? What is God calling you to do? Sometimes I feel like 
God is saying, stop trying to do so much outside the house. Just focus on your people. Like there's so many things going on with parents and, and kids and yeah. grandchildren, um, the sandwich generation, like you taught me that word, Stacy. <laughs> and it's like the more that happens, I'm like, yeah, these are the priorities. These are the priorities. And there's often not a lot of time left to do anything else in a day yeah. after I, I tend to them. I had to tell my son to learn to wash his own Crocs because... <laughs> I'm time to time to do that now. You got to wash your Crocs. Here's how you do it. Put them in the sink, get some dishwashing. <laughs> okay. Oh, we also want to talk about current events. Like we're not extremely, um, we're not political beast. No. Would you say you're a political beast, Stacey? No, not far from we're it. Not, we're not political beasts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not afraid of politics. No. We do kind of pay attention to what's going on. Um, but it, I think it's more for us just trying to discern God's call and, and find out what he wants us to do in our life. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a, so we are going to talk about current events each day um, that are relevant, that need some commentary. And this, I'm still pinching myself that Roe v. Wade was overturned this summer. <laughs> um, so we may talk about that a lot because there's just a lot going on in that area. There's a lot of, of t teaching the young people about the arguments. Mm -hmm. I, I read the New York Times every day. It's a prayer opportunity. I don't agree with most of what I read at the New York Times. Sometimes they have some good writing, but for the most part, I'm trying to understand radically different people who think very different from me. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a guest opinion in there recently called the next step in the anti-abortion playbook is becoming clear. Like they're seeing what we're up to and they're, they're talking about fetal personhood. And this mm -hmm. is an issue that that um, I, we, I've cared about for a long time. I know many pro-life people have followed this issue. If the unborn child is declared a person, that changes everything. And now with Roe v. Wade being overturned and the debate happening for real now, you know, now that now the pro-abortion people can't just say, well, it's legal. So shut up. You can say whatever you want to say. It's still legal. Well, now it's not. Now it's not a given. There are 14 states already passing laws to severely restrict abortion and protect those unborn children, which is we're happy to see that. But what the what the um, author in The New York Times was saying, Mary Ziegler, um, and she's the author of Dollars for Life, The Anti-Abortion Movement and the Fall of the Republican Establishment. So it probably sounds like a book I wouldn't read. <laughs> but <laughs> what she's saying about fetal personhood is that pro-life people are, she calls us anti-abortion, but pro-life people are pushing for fetal personhood. And, and we are. I think there's a lot going on now. Since Dobbs versus Jackson decision came down in late June, Georgia, the state of Georgia, has already put into effect defining the unborn child as a natural person, giving a $3,000 tax break for pregnancies after six weeks. So the state is recognizing that child as a person, a natural person. Um, in Arizona, there's a statute that defines fetal rights from conception, or it's being fought in the court, so it's it's before the court now. Um, and there is uh, another federal abortion ban that could include the recognition of fetal personhood. And so this brings, you know, this is going to bring with it some more debates that need to be had, because if the unborn child is a legal person and protected under the law, then there will be legal pen penalties. Um, for murdering that person 
right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to bring into play what do we do with when mothers have abortions? So I, I don't think they're going to be put on death row, you know, like, like that's not going to happen. But there might be some consequences for mothers who make the decision to kill their child, which means there's going to need to also be more support for women who need that help. And Stacy and I have um, pregnant teenage daughters. We've, we've got children we love very much, grandchildren we love very much. We're not blind to the, the needs and the, the fear and the the um the all the things that go on when you have a pregnancy that you weren't planning for. So anyway, one I just want to say this about the fetal personhood um movement. I want to go back to the 1970s. Stacy, we were little girls. Mm -hmm. Only a few years old. Only a few years old. Um <laughs> in the 1970s, so I, I had looked this up a while ago. Cause it kind of horrified me. Cause so back, back when abortion was legal, just like 10 years ago, you know, when I'm having debates about abortion, I'm aware like many pro-life people are that if we could just define the unborn child as a person legally, that would change everything. Mm -hmm. the, the problem was they weren't defined as persons. Now the church has said, and I, I write about this some in my bioethics booklet for Catholic answers. The church has said that we need to treat the unborn child, even down to the zygote, we need to treat the unborn child as if it were a person. So the church doesn't actually say we know absolutely it's a person because personhood brings in ensoulment in, in and all of that. And, you know, you can't really scientifically measure when a soul enters the body or when the soul leaves the body at the end of life. But the church has said, as soon as we know there is a body there, then we have to assume there's a soul there. In other words, we have to assume that's a person. Even if the laws mm -hmm. don't recognize it, we have to assume that's a person. So that, that's where the church is on it, that the laws weren't there yet. I'm going to play a snippet. I'm going to try to do this. Play a snippet from the 1972, 1972 Roe v. Wade oral argument. So it's recorded. It's on the oyes.org um, site. It has... Um, the audio of the oral arguments for many cases, including this one. And what we're listening to in this clip I'm about to play is Sarah Weddington. So Sarah Weddington recently passed away, but at the time she was age 26 and she is the youngest lawyer, the youngest person to win a Supreme Court case. And she won, of course, Roe v. Wade. And she is saying here, this is an echo from the past, the legality of abortion hinges on the fact that our laws do not recognize the unborn per child, unborn human, as a person. And she laughs about it. And it just struck me. It's like she yeah. knows. She knows mm -hmm. exactly what she's saying. Stacy, tell me what you think about this. I'm going to play it. Okay. okay. I'm going to try to play it here. I've got it on my phone. as a person within the protection of the 14th Amendment, you would have almost an impossible case here, would you I not? would have a very difficult case. certainly would, because you'd have the same kind of thing. You'd, you'd have to say that uh, this would be a, the equivalent to after a child was born. If uh, the mother thought it bothered her health having a child around, she would uh, she could have it killed. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Could that's Texas constitutionally, did you want to respond further to Justice uh, Stewart? Did you want to respond further to it? No, Your Honor. Good 
Okay. Could you hear that? I, I could hear it. It was a, a, a little, a little muffled. bit muffled, but I could definitely hear her condescending yeah. laugh. And it was, you know, she's just downplaying it. She's just kind mm -hmm. of brushing that off. And, and uh, you know, I just think that it is whatever benefits their cause, though, whatever benefits the cause. I mean, there, there's so many contradictions out there. I mean, you know that there have been people that have been convicted of murder, double homicide. Mm -hmm. when a woman who was pregnant was killed and their unborn baby was killed with them. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it kind of, yeah, she was kind of being condescending, I think, and, and laughing, but it just kind of depends on what her case is and what case she's trying mm -hmm. to win. Yeah. Cause, cause, cause he says to her, you know, we, we know if the fetus could be declared a person under the law, we would have a very difficult case. And she, and says, she agreed to laugh. Yes. She's like, yeah. you're right, your honor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause they were, they were arguing over, you know, they didn't even go there back then. They didn't even go there. Cause she knew she would lose the case. If right. the fetus were determined to be a person, she knew it. Well, here we are now. Um, and it, it's not a laughing matter. I, mm -hmm. I was always like, when I heard her laugh, I'm like, who do you think you are? A little 26 yeah. year old woman before the Supreme court, <laughs> you yeah, may have, yeah. you may have won, been the youngest to win a case, but that's very um, disturbing. Yeah. She laughed about it because, yeah. because the, the, the judges go on to say in that clip and we'll post it, we'll post this on the podcast. The judges go, another judge chimes in. He's like that. That's kind of like saying, if the woman has a toddler running around mm -hmm. the house and the woman decides that it's detrimental to her health to have to take care of this toddler. And I mean, Stacy, we, we took my toddler grandchild to lunch the other day <laughs> and you know, like it's detrimental to our health sometimes because she's on the floor kicking and screaming and like, it hurts my back. That 31 pound little thing. A boneless thing. <laughs> but, but I mean, he was he was making the point. It would be absurd to think that. Yes. You know, and yes. then comparing take it. him down and have him killed because they're too hard to take care of now. <laughs> I mean, that's absurd. Uh -huh. No way. And and it's it's absurd to me to think that, you know, to me, it's just of course, it's a human being. It's an unborn human being. It's a child. It's a child. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just so it the whole thing. Is oh so obvious to me, but yet mm. they can make so many different arguments. Mm -hmm. And that and that's just like getting back to the scripture before we wrap it up. Stacy was talking about how we're we're all parts of the one body, and that means we have to work together. Work together. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've been raising kids for thirty years here, and and like the 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 work of being pregnant and having a child that's nothing. <laughs> Like, I mean, I don't want to dismiss. I mean, it is a lot of work. For no. me, but I mean, I have to say, looking over my own life, there have been many things that I've had to do and sacrifice for my family. And and just get carrying a child in the womb and giving birth was just part of it. But so many blessings that come with it. It's hard. And, yeah. and I suffered at times because I've been so worried about, and loved them so much. But the more you love, the more you open yourself up and you're vulnerable and you're accepting. That's what it means to be open to life. We have a whole yeah. podcast on that. But um, so we just really encourage you to follow these issues. I do absolutely think that personhood is the right direction to go. But We've got to do it in a just way where we're we're take we're remembering, like you said, Stacy. You got to you can't just save the child. You got to save the woman too. Yeah, 
Yeah. And um, we, we've got to start having these conversations about what we do now with these beautiful children and these beautiful mothers. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquharson. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. Mm-hmm.